Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. This was good to hear. Buda Baker is expected to return this week. It will be a welcome return, no doubt. Cliff Kingsbury and Adam Gaze, their shared history, including revisiting one of the better stories about Kingsbury's hiring. Speaking of history, the Cardinals' history with Jets defensive coordinator Greg Williams. In two words, not good. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 327, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So we've got a new buzzword, MJ, or maybe a buzz phrase. Sense of urgency is now the theme for the Arizona Cardinals here in 2020. First, it was rhythm. Now, it's sense of urgency. Both Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins asked about that and saying, yes, they did feel a sense of urgency when the team hit the practice field earlier today. Well, I think they were listening to you last week where there's only 16 games. And, you know, I don't think we're ever going to hear it was a bad week of practice, but you got to you got to fine tune things. You got to clean some things up and attention to the detail. Um, so there is a sense of urgency because you know how I feel about going on losing streaks. And it's tough to win three in a row in the NFL, but, you know, you go start losing three in a row. And, uh, that's not good. So the Cardinals obviously feel like this is a must win. And Kyler Murray said they're all must wins because there's only 16 of them. So uh, I like what I'm hearing, but again, uh, we need to see it on Sunday. Quoting Murray, I haven't seen that sense of urgency since before week one, end quote. Now, as you said, that sounds good. Yet on the flip side, I can play devil's advocate here and say, well, why week one? What was wrong with week two and week three and week four? Where was that earlier? You can't just bring it one week and not the next. And hopefully you come away with a win on Sunday. That was, again, devil's advocate. We'll see what happens this week. But that was something that I, I found a little interesting. Yeah, and I think it's because when the schedule came out and you got the defending NFC champions, uh, you know, they knew that if this team is going to be in the race this year, you had to pull off that win and they were able to, you know, get that first win. So I, I think just being the opener and the fact that, it, you know, they got to the regular season opener and the COVID stuff, um, you, you, they were motivated and they felt like they played that team twice uh, the previous year. And, you know, I'll, I'll always sign up for a split. Um, but they felt toe to toe. But, you know, you haven't had that energy every week, um, you know, and they were able to win that uh, against the Washington football team. But the last couple of weeks, uh, they just kind of shooting themselves in the foot, you know, um, negative plays and not being able to get off the field and not being able to convert on third down. So a uh, lot to clean up. But I, I do like what I'm hearing. now. Yeah. Murray added, quote, great vibes at practice, end quote. And I wonder how much that had to do with the return of Buda Baker, who was on the practice field during the open portion to the media. And then we heard from head coach Cliff Kingsbury saying that the plan is, the expectation is, Baker will play this week after missing just one game. So certainly encouraging signs, specifically on the third level of that defense. Oh, there's no doubt. I, I was curious to see where Jalen Thompson and uh, Chris Banjo looks like they're uh, – 
further away. Um, we'll just have to wait and see what the injury report looks like throughout the course of the week. But um, I was out there for the open portion of practice, and he was dancing. Uh, they had the music going. And Craig, you know, he was on he was on the, the, the field in front of me, but he was kind of a little bit away from me. But I was able to use my phone and took a look at that cast. And he's got a cast on his thumb, but his fingers are out. So that should help him when it comes to tackling. You know, obviously, you know, the thumb is, I think the thumb is probably the most important, um, you know, finger or on your hand because of how much strength you can get from there. But, you know, and I'm sure they had to work through a couple of different casts, but I was really encouraged all of his fingers out to where he can wrap, possibly shed a block. Um, but he definitely brings energy to that practice field. And obviously on game day, they definitely missed him. It's stating the obvious. Um, you don't replace one of the best safeties in football. I love what Charles Washington had to say about his teammate, Buda Baker. Quote, that dude is everything you see and more. Added that he plays sideline to sideline, plays 100% on every snap. Quote, he's just a special player in general. And then they talked about how Baker kind of flips the switch, if you will, off the field, very reserved, very quiet, well-mannered, well-spoken. And then on the field, like that light switch goes on and he becomes a different player. And we hear that from a lot. Once you step in between those white lines, you have to be a little bit different of a human being because, let's face it, MJ, you do on the football field on the street well, that's going to get you in a lot of trouble. You can get yeah. away with some things when you play in the National Football League. Yeah, and he's been mic'd up a few times, and he's a trash talker, you know. And, and it's funny when he goes to the bench, he can't find his helmet. He has he wants to figure out what side of the of the bench he's got to sit on, and you know, if the offense is on one side, he's got to go to the other. Now, but he he he's a trash talker, and there are times when you see him make a hit, and he'll, I wouldn't say he'll walk over the guy, but he'll stand there, you know, for a second and let him know, I'm going to be here all day, so bring it again. Um, but, yeah, that's stuff you just can't teach. It's, it's instincts and it's passion, and uh, when he's on the football field, he's like a Tasmanian devil out there. Yeah, if you could have 11 Buda Bakers on your defense, I like – where you can be as a defense as a whole. They are just a special breed of player when you're talking about Buda Baker. So again, good news that he is tracking for availability on Sunday. Still not so certain about Chris Banjo and Jalen Thompson. You do have TJ Ward on the practice squad. Curtis Riley, who was released on Tuesday, was signed back to the team, added to the practice squad. And I think I think more of yesterday's move with Riley was, oh, you know what? He played poorly. Let's get rid of him. I take it as the opposite based off the news that Baker is expected to play this week, that they needed more of a roster spot as opposed to, hey, let's send a message. Because with Baker up, well, is there really a need right now for Curtis Riley to be on the active roster? Yeah, and the Cardinals have made some roster moves on Saturday. Um, they're they're leaving on a Friday, so you know, obviously, you know, if they feel like they got to bring a guy there and he could be inactive, but it wouldn't surprise me if T.J. Ward now, you know, he hasn't played in a couple of years. Um, he's got to get adapted. I'm sure he's got to get into football shape. Um, but the good news is is, is Buddha's coming back. Uh, Deontay Thompson, I think he's played better. I like the way he tackled earlier in that game at the line of scrimmage, wasn't afraid. And then, you know, good old Chuck, Charles Washington, 
you know, he, he said it's not too much for him. Um, uh, he knows that when his number's called, you know, whether he's a corner or safety, definitely he's going to be active on game day as special teams. So, you know, it's, it's, there's not a lot of depth after Deontay Thompson and, and Buda Baker, but you got some guys that are flexible and, you know, it wouldn't surprise me about Ward, but I think it's more of a football thing from that. Um, he has played for Vance and then B what kind of football shape he is. And, and really these guys have been in camp with them um, since day one and they know the system. They know the special teams assignment. So maybe he's still a week away, but it's a good dilemma to have. And hopefully Banjo and, and Jalen Thompson come back because Jalen Thompson's eligible to come off the uh, IR um, this week. Um, but again, getting Buddha back is huge um, without stating the obvious. And then maybe in the next couple of weeks, you get all three of those guys you know, active on game day. I like Washington's attitude as well. His first significant defensive snaps in about three, four years. Yet, as he said, and you mentioned, you always got to be prepared. And then what helped him out, he said he made a play early in that ball game, and then at that point, it's like, okay, everything, it's like riding the bike, everything comes back to you. But it does show you that even though he's been more a special teams player with the Cardinals and for his career, he's in meeting rooms, he's paying attention, and he is keeping up if needed, if called upon. Although he did mention, and it was kind of subtle, he's prepared to play defense again, but quote, we have players returning to play those spots, end quote. So maybe a little bit of a window into the thinking of the Cardinals defense, Buda Baker, maybe Banjo, maybe Thompson. So he wouldn't be necessary this week. Yeah, and, and, and we go back to last year when the Cardinals had the first overall waiver claim and they, they went out and got Kevin Peterson. And to me, um, they had to make a decision on Chris Jones and, you know, he's, uh, I think he's in Detroit right now. Um, so from that standpoint, but they were normally special teams players. And then, you know, obviously Tanner Vallejo. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I'd be curious to see if, uh, Ezekiel Turner can get some reps because I think he's, he's definitely be improved as a football player, not just a special teams guy, but obviously there's a log jam at the inside linebacker spot with starting with Hicks and Campbell and then Simmons. And then you got Tanner Vallejo, who's a really good special teams player. So, but yeah, I mean, I, there are certain areas where you can afford some injuries and you got some depth, but that safety position really affect them in those last couple of games. One more note on that safety position as we talk a lot about that position here on this Wednesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Kentrell Bryce restored to the practice squad from the practice squad injured reserve list. Remember, it was during the red and white practice in training camp that he hurt his ankle. He had been someone that was making some noise, making some plays. So you do now have some depth specifically on that practice squad with Ward, Riley, and Bryce in the event you need it. Knock on wood, the Cardinals don't. The other roster move the team made, running back Jonathan Ward elevated to the active roster. This was a move that was either going to happen or they were going to lose him because he'd been promoted to the active roster from the practice squad twice already. And on the third time, then you have to make a decision. Cardinals certainly like him in special teams. And I think the trickle down with this is, and Sun Devil fans might not like to hear it, but Eno Benjamin he might be inactive once again as he kind of struggles to figure out a role. And right now it's not going to be ahead of a Kenyon Drake or a Chase Edmonds. 
And does he play special teams? Ward right now would appear to be ahead of Benjamin in that aspect. Yeah, and to me, Benjamin, uh, Benjamin's too uh, similar to Chase Edmonds, and they're trying to get more touches for Chase Edmonds. He didn't win the uh, kickoff return job. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he's inactive unless they have injuries at the position. And Jonathan Ward, who I kind of compare it to Andre Ellington, I think is a little bit thicker. He's more of a Kenyan Drake. So if in the perfect scenario, you get a lead in the fourth quarter and you don't want to, you know, run Kenyon Drake into the ground. Ward's a guy. I, I like his size. He wears the same number as Ellington. He's got the similar hair. It's unfortunately for Benjamin and the Cardinals were thrilled that he was in their seventh round and, you know, but he's got to find a role. They don't have a third down back. He doesn't play on teams. Ward plays on teams. I know they're really excited about Ward. So if something did happen to Drake or they can, you know, get a lead in the fourth quarter, you would, you would see Ward. I thought he had a really good camp. I, I think he sticks his nose down in, in a low pad level when he's running. So it's a numbers game. And unfortunately, you know, Benjamin's just going to have to, you know, try to find a role moving forward. Kind of like DJ Foster, but Foster was more of a special teams player. He wasn't really getting any offensive reps, but he was playing on like 15 to 18 special teams. And, you know, Benjamin's a little bit different size and, you know, with Chase, I just think they're two similar skill set. And, and clearly Chase is obviously has more upside. And maybe a long-term play here with Benjamin. Don't forget Kenyon Drake on a one-year deal. So a decision has to be made with respect to his future at the end of this season. And I'll go back to Evan Weaver as well. The draft pick out of Cal didn't make the active roster currently on the practice squad. And that certainly is a sign that they see something in these young players to develop, if not now, later this season or, of course, next season. Yeah, you'd love to see your rookies play. We chronicled it on Monday's show as far as how many of the young players on the Panthers' defense were playing, but sometimes those players aren't needed right now, and you look more long-term. Well, Uh, for Benjamin, though, quickly, I mean, they could try to slide him on the practice squad, but they feel like maybe he would get claimed. I mean, again, uh, maybe a team had a fifth-round, sixth-round grade on him, and they had to go in a different direction, but – it, you know, long, as long as he continues to practice and, and show his upside, I mean, yeah, he wants to play. I mean, it's got to be frustrating when you practice all week and you don't get a chance, but it, it may be a redshirt year for him. And then, you know, next year he tried to pick up some special team stuff. But I, I, I do like to, if they can get Kenyon Drake going and change of pace and chase and, and Jonathan Ward, I think they got something there. Bird Gang, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. A couple of notes on the Jets offensively. We'll dive deeper into that side of the ball tomorrow when Vance Joseph addresses the media. But two news items that Cardinal fans need to know The Jets did announce Adam Gase. I watched his press conference this morning, announced Joe Flacco will be the starting quarterback. Sam Darnold already ruled out with that shoulder injury. Quoting Gase, we went through our process, our doctors, second opinions, just making sure we do the right thing, not only by him, meaning Darnold, but just the immediate future long term. End quote. There was a follow up as well, MJ, about now with Flacco as your quarterback. How much does that change the offense? And, of course, Gase says it won't change at all. Now, whether it does or not, I think we'll find out on Sunday. But certainly you're looking at a young third-year quarterback versus a veteran 
of 11 plus years. I believe this is his 13th season after spending last year with the Broncos. So some experience, but maybe more of a stationary guy in that pocket. Yeah, it sounds like you want, uh, I think you want Darnold this weekend. Well, if you're an injured quarterback versus a healthy quarterback, sure, well, why no, not? Darnold, he's struggled so far. Um, you know, Flacco, he missed a lot of time in the offseason. He's coming off back surgery. Um, you know, he, he can spin the ball down the field. He, I would say he's a statue of liberty, so to speak. Um, Le'Veon Bell is practicing, he's doing more activities, but it doesn't appear he's ready to play this Sunday. So, I mean, they got some weapons. I, I just think if you're the Cardinals, I mean, make, we're talking about making him one-dimensional. He's not going to try to run. He, he's definitely not the athletic quarterback that Darnold is or even a guy like Josh, Josh Allen. So, yeah, I mean, whoever it is, they're going to have to have, be on their P's and Q's because, you know, let's be honest, he won a Super Bowl that year, and he, they played in four playoff games, and he won 11 touchdowns and zero interceptions. And I remember that play with, I think it was Jacoby – uh, Jacoby Jacobs or Jones that when they beat the Broncos and Peyton Manning in that, in that divisional game. So he went on, he got on a roll. Um, he obviously was benched in Baltimore. Um, you know, his, his touchdown to interception ratio wasn't very good. And obviously they put a lot of, uh, investment in, in Lamar Jackson. So, but he is an experienced quarterback. It's, I don't think you're going to show him something that he hasn't noticed in the past, but you know, like we talked about, uh, you know, in the Red Sea Report and also Cards Cover 2 um, is that try to get a lead, you know, because those they got some distractions there. I mean, guys, if, if Adam Gase brought you in and Joe Douglas is still the GM, I mean, you got to wonder what your future is like. Get it? So jump on them early. Not saying they're going to roll over, but, you know, guys will start playing where they're playing for themselves or they're playing not to get injured. Could also see a new running back. Le'Veon Bell was back on the practice field today, and they've designated him as being able to return from IR. He suffered a hamstring injury in week one against the Bills. Whether he's available this week or not, who knows, but someone to pay attention to as we follow that storyline this week. But big picture, when you look at these two head coaches, Cliff Kingsbury and Adam Gase, there is a connection, MJ. They each interviewed for each other's job, so to speak. Kingsbury with the Jets and the Cardinals, and then Gase with the Cardinals with the Jets. Cardinals end up with Kingsbury, and the Jets hire Gase. Now, there is another part of this story as well, and we've pulled the curtain back on this a few times, and I think it's worth mentioning again here on this edition of Cardinals Cover yeah. 2, and that is when all this was happening a couple of years back, everyone wanted to know where Kingsbury was and what the Cardinals were doing and who was interviewing with which team. And yet on this particular Tuesday, just ahead of the Red Sea Report with myself, you and Bertram Berry, a helicopter landed on the practice field at the facility in Tempe. It was Michael Bidwell's helicopter and outstepped not only the owner, but Cliff Kingsbury. Now, this was about 10 minutes after reports surfaced that Kingsbury was still in New York interviewing with the Jets, yet we looked outside the window and see Kingsbury in Arizona, and are like, all right, well, we know that report's inaccurate. So that was about, what, 15, 20 minutes before showtime. The show starts, MJ. We go through. We're talking about the coaching search, the candidates, those who have been interviewed, those that are expected to interview. And unbeknownst to us, during that first segment, 
Well, Michael Bidwell walks into the radio studio along with Kingsbury, and our producer, Jim Omohundro, is like, yes, welcome, and this is what we're doing. We've got a live radio show right now, to which, and Ohms tells this perfectly, because at that point, Michael said, oh, we weren't here, and he laughed and winked a little bit. We find out during the break that this is all going on, and at that point, MJ, I started thinking, all right, what did I just say about Kingsbury? What did I just say about the potential hire of this college head coach to be an NFL head coach? And I think at the moment that Kingsbury walked in, Bertrand Berry was speaking. So I felt a little bit better about myself. So you didn't say he had a losing uh, record <laughs> in college? No. But I've okay, always so said that we take a little bit of credit because yeah. the first stop in the facility was the radio studio which he is now in a lot, as are a lot of the players. But his first image, his first impression of the Arizona Cardinals was the Cardinals' Red Sea report. Okay, so a little background. Kingsbury gets uh, fired, um, lost to Matt Rule. I guess we found that out. And then he takes a job with USC. But then also his name is being mentioned for head coaching positions. Um, represents the same agent with Kyler Murray and Eric Burkhart. And so he goes to New York, and then the reports were that the Jets were trying to get him back to the facility because, you know, sometimes you take him out for dinner, and at that time it was fine. And, you know, kind of feeling out, meet and greet process, dropping back off the hotel. He probably looked at the roster and, you know, I don't know about the salary cap. But so they wanted to pick him up in the morning, and Michael Bidwell had a – he had his private plane on the, on the runway there, and so he was able to bring him to Arizona. But I think it was important for Cliff to go on an interview um, because, you know, I, I think the Cardinals felt like, it, you know, if they were going to get Kyler Murray, if that was an option, um, you know, a lot of fluid situation, but it made total sense. And I, and I think they made the right hire, um, you know, even though they, you know, they haven't won a lot of games under Kingsbury and Murray, but – when you look at what Sam Darnold's gone through, and it could be more, maybe just don't have the weapons. Um, maybe the coaching's not the same. Um, but I think they definitely made the right decision going with Kingsbury over Adam Gase. I don't think there's any question about that. And then you start to think about what might have been if it yeah. was the opposite, Gase here and Kingsbury in New York. We know Kyler Murray likely would not have been the selection with the first overall pick. It would have been Bosa because you already had Josh Rosen as your quarterback. So it's all interesting when you try to kind of connect the dots after the fact. So it was a little bit of history, at least for us, because we were still kind of new as far as full-time employees to the organization. It was year two for me. And that was kind of the first behind the scenes look at how stuff is done and then how stuff kind of gets reported. Yeah. And again, uh, I think the reason why the Jets were probably somewhat intriguing is because they did have a young quarterback. But Kyler Murray and Sam Darnold, I mean, they're totally two different quarterbacks. And if Kingsbury wanted to run his offense, it had to be with Kyler Murray. So, like I said, I think they made the right hire, and I think they obviously took the right quarterback. Yeah, Kingsbury was asked if he was surprised that the Cardinals and Jets had both interviewed him after he was fired by Texas Tech. And his one-word response was, no. And then there was a little bit of a, a, a smile and maybe of a half chuckle. So I don't know if he was if he had more on his mind to say and chose not to. 
But uh, maybe one day we'll kind of get more of the behind the scenes because that's always fun when you can go back and try to figure out how things played out. Bird Gang, subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. The other connection between these two teams, it's not a great connection, but we do have to address the elephant in the room, if you will, MJ, and that is Jets defensive coordinator Greg Williams. First, what Kingsbury had to say about Coach Williams. Quote, I'm not that familiar with Coach Williams. First time going against him, but accomplished coach in this league, no question. Very physical, very aggressive nature of defense. Those guys play hard. They play physical, and you know what you're going to get. End quote. A very safe answer to a question because we all know the background of Coach Williams and specifically looking at what is happening with the Jets right now. But let's go back, MJ. We were all covering the team in 2009. Williams, the Saints defensive coordinator, playoff matchup against the Cardinals. Kurt Warner throws an interception, gets hit. Final game in the career of Kurt Warner. And yes, some believe that was the start of Saints Bounty Gate, which didn't get kind of to the public front until 2012. That was all under Coach Williams. And then from the Saints, he goes to the Rams, defensive coordinator from 2014 to 2016. And it was in that 2015, excuse me, the 2014 season. Carson Palmer hurt in week nine, though it was non-contact. Drew Stanton hurt in week 15. So I don't know. There's a little part of me, MJ, that is concerned about Kyler Murray against the Jets defense. And also, don't forget, MetLife Stadium. The 49ers complained about that turf as well. Yeah, and the NFL went out there a few different times. And it, 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 I, I don't, it sounds like it's a new turf where it's got to be worked in. Now, you do have two franchises playing there, so you would think. But they've gone out there at least on two different occasions, and they say that it's up to standard, so. Um, but teams have complained about that, and you don't want to have any injuries, whether it's the Jets, Cardinals, or any of the 30 other teams. Um, Greg Williams, I mean, he's he, he kind of beats with his own drum. I mean, you, you know what you're getting when you bring in Greg Williams, and his defenses are usually physical. Um, players kind of take the personality of their coordinator, but he also likes to play the echo of the whistle. And those personal fouls, I mean, yeah, I'm, I mean – it's not like Greg Williams is going to be on the field. I'm just saying Kyle's got to protect himself because they will at times play the echo of the whistle. What I mean by that is they'll lay a hit out. It, it, and it won't just be on the quarterback. It could be on any player. So they have to be, you have to have your head on a swivel with that Jets defense because, um, again, um, they're obviously going to have to go out there and try to pitch a shutout or give up less points because the offense really doesn't score a ton of points. Well, we saw what happened on Thursday night football against the Broncos. The Jets penalized 11 times for 118 yards. Six of those penalties were 15-yard penalties, including three roughing the passer calls. Overall this season, I went back and looked, MJ, the Jets have been penalized seven times for roughing the passer in just four games. 
Adam Gase was asked about the penalties, and all he answered was, quote, it's going to be corrected. We're going to do it right. We're going to get it fixed, end quote. So to your point about Murray being aware of this and being protected, because let's face it, uh, the young Broncos quarterback, Brett Rippon, uh, he got beat up a lot, especially late in that game when it was already decided the Jets kind of took it upon themselves to kind of rub it in just a little bit. They weren't going to get the win, but they were going to get their pound of flesh. And that was when Fangio took his team off the field. Didn't want them going shaking hands. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's just, again, I, I just think sometimes they, they, they cross the, they cross the rules, so to speak. And, and again, they do take on the personality of their coordinator. And let's be honest, Craig, Colin Murray took some hits in that previous game. That was the first time. One, one came from the backside and he clearly, the player landed on him in his shoulder and then he took another hit. So, um, but he did really does a good job with the, with the baseball background with sliding and, you know, going down or sitting, but he did take some hits last week. Do you think when we didn't talk about this on the postgame show or on Monday, but do you think for the first time this season, those hits might have affected some of either his decision making or play calling? We didn't get a lot of answers from either the coach or the quarterback today when we try to ask, you know, what's going on with this offense. They all kind of held it close to the vest because Murray was a little bit, I don't know, vague. Yeah, that, that's a good, that's a good word for it as far as. We're looking for answers, and he's not really willing to give answers right now. But I was just wondering, you brought it up because it was the first time that we'd really seen him get knocked around in the pocket. Yeah, and he's wearing a Band-Aid on his chin, so he must have a cut. Now, every quarterback throughout your careers, because a lot of times um, the defensive lineman or the guy that's going to hit you, he's going to get that helmet under your chin. So it looks like he's got a cut on his chin. He was wearing a mask um which he did on after the game on Sunday. He was wearing a mask when he met with us on Wednesday. Um, but he, I noticed at practice he had a bandage, one of those big bandages on his chin. So he must have a cut that on. We don't usually they could stitch that up on the sidelines. I haven't heard anything like that, but that, that was the first game. I, I don't, I think he's such a competitor or maybe it jolts him up like, Hey, okay, I took that hit. I can withstand it. Um, but I don't, I don't think it affects him to where he's going to be gun shy. Well, he's been very honest with us that he does not like to get hit. He's not Carson Palmer to where, hey, yeah, sometimes, you know, a good hit will kind of wake me up or get yeah. me ready. He but, wants to avoid any and all contact. And, and every quarterback should be like that. But I'm just saying, you know, like if that was the biggest hit and he got up, okay, I, I can, I can do this. I mean, I'm, I'm going to protect my body nine out of 10 times. Now, he's going to be looking at a Jets defense as we kind of look at some of the numbers. A year ago, this defense ranked seventh and number two against the run. Currently, they're number 18 and 22nd against the run. Now, the biggest difference with this Jets defense is the fact that Jamal Adams is now playing for the Seahawks. For whatever reason, you trade an all-pro safety, probably not the smartest decision, but it certainly has affected the back end of that Jets defense because teams now are throwing on the Jets and throwing a lot. Yeah. And uh, right now in their, when it comes to their defense in the passing game, they're 15th, not bad, 240. Um, but they're giving up a ton of points, uh, 32.8. So, I mean, the Cardinals 
they would love to score in the 30s, and that means that they would win that football game. Um, as, as a whole, they're giving up 368 yards a game, uh, 129 on the ground and 240 in the, in the air. Um, they don't have uh, – it seems like they don't have a ton of sacks. Um, and so this should help the Cardinals' offensive line. And if they want to go with that hurry-up offense and run those RPOs, uh, I think this will play into the hands of the Cardinals' offense maybe starting to click because, you know, we can't use the, the you know, the, the preseason anymore. We can't use – every team has played four games. So, well – some, I guess Tennessee hasn't played for and Steelers haven't played for, but you know what I'm, you know what I'm going there. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think this is a game where maybe get your confidence up. You mentioned the sack total. They don't have a sack in either last two games and just six on the season. And they've had difficulty getting opposing offenses off the field. They allow 47% on third down, which ranks 24th in the league. And, and, and it is and something the that zone. the part, yeah, the, well, the red zone, they're allowing 10 touchdowns in 17 trips. Yep. So bird gang, you can do the math. That's, that's not a good percentage as a result. They're uh, allowing almost 33 points to opposing yep. teams. And the Cardinals have only hit the 30 point mark once. And that was against Washington. Exactly. And, 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 you know, obviously when you, you have the turnovers like they had, um, in the Lions game, but, or yeah, the Lions game, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think this, this is, I feel like if the Cardinals can just cut down the mental mistakes, um, become a better tackling team. And I think just having boot on the field, he'll bring some energy. This is a game where I think they can build some confidence because we know it's not going to get easier with Seattle and the Cowboys. So I like to see this team, you know, play a clean free game. Uh, cut down the penalties, the negative plays, because when they get behind the sticks, it's difficult for this team to pick up a first down when you're not, you know, he's not very, he hasn't been accurate on the, on the 10 to 19 yard routes, 54%. Um, but you know, the more they play together, I think they'll be fine. It's just, you want to see this team start clicking though. Murray about last week, quote, last week was one week. We're not panicking. End quote. So we'll see if this offense can get on track this week. This will also be the first opportunity to see Quinn and Williams in action up close and personal. And remember a couple of years ago, it was, well, if the Cardinals go offense, it's going to be quarterback Kyler Murray. But if they go defense, is it Nick Bosa? Is it Quinn and Williams? And there was a debate. There was a lot of discussion, even all the way going to the combine in February, as far as those three, which direction would the Cardinals go? And you certainly talk about a space eater. Gwynn Williams has been pretty good. Yes, he got flagged a couple of times against the Broncos, but a little bit of a slow start in his career. But I think he's trying to fi- finally getting the hang of it, especially when it comes to stopping the run and getting a little pressure up the middle. Yeah, and they need that. I mean, uh, you know, they let Leonard Williams go. He went to the Giants. Um, you know, according to reports, Steve called all three on draft day. He called Nick Bosa, he called Williams, and he called Murray just to let them know that they hadn't made a decision at that point. But, you know, obviously they, I think Murray was always the um, uh, the leader in the clubhouse. And I always say if you were going to draft Nick Bosa, that means you would have Josh Rosen, and I think they made the right decision. Yeah, and I certainly wouldn't uh, totally understand the, the think-thought process with Williams as well, depending on what you need and how you project. But – Bosa certainly projected as one of those 
generational talents on the defensive end, and he certainly proved that in year one. Now here in year two, though, he's watching like you and I watch on Sundays from the sidelines. Yeah, and it, there there was some 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 questions about red flags just because of, you know what happened in college, and you know his brothers dealt with some injuries, his father dealt with injuries, so the family genes obviously. I mean, his father was an offensive lineman back in '72 with the Dolphins, and Joey's had a really good career, and Nick will have a good career, but. There were there there were some questions and and maybe when you look at Quentin Williams I think he I don't think he had any red flags when it came to uh, prior injuries so I think he was in the in the conversation but clearly pass rusher over defensive tackle that high in the draft it is a Wednesday edition of Cardinals Cover Two presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals before we close up shop MJ let there be no doubts in anyone's mind from here on out. For as long as DeAndre Hopkins is in a Cardinals uniform, if he doesn't practice, it means absolutely nothing. Darren Urban, our colleague on azcardinals.com, asked Hopkins earlier today how the ankle was and was there ever a doubt that he would miss last week's contest. Quote, I don't miss games unless I just have one leg or something. End quote. I'm not concerned. We've talked about it. Is it a good look? No. But the man produces on Sundays. I know, but I, I still think it, we, we talk about this air raid offense, reps, 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 and execution. I, I get it. Um, he shows up on game day, so, but I, I think there's more to just playing on game day. He obviously is in meetings. He's out there. Um, but I, and Larry gets off on Wednesday, so it's not like, you know, uh, and that's their big install day, Wednesdays and Thursdays. So, um, you know, so if, if they had an agreement, um, they obviously are comfortable with it because you know he's going to show up on game day. But but I would like to see him practice a little bit more just to get kind of get everyone because we talk about rhythm and being in sync and clearly they're not there yet. Doesn't mean it can't happen over the next couple of weeks though. Did you notice anything that the ankle appeared to, to slow him down? I know there's a lot of bubble screens, but we've been seeing that for four weeks now, so that didn't kind of raise any red flags as far as, oh, you know what, he can't go north and south, let's get him the ball on the sidelines and let him see what he can do. I didn't notice. I, I noticed sometimes when he came to the sidelines, he wasn't happy, though. And that was maybe because they were going three and out or maybe clearly he gets his number called. So that it's not about targets and touches for him. It's about moving the chains where he gets another opportunity to catch a football. And, you know, he you know, he's put up big numbers, but he only has one touchdown. And he, he got stopped at the one-yard line. So – but I, I think he's just a little frustrated that things aren't clicking. But I did watch him go to the sidelines, and he kind of keeps to himself. Uh, he says when the defense is on the field, he's just worrying about the next possession, what they can do, obviously, to get in the end zone. And I think it's along the same lines of what we've seen from Kyler Murray when yeah. he gets frustrated. And, yeah, you certainly don't want to bottle those emotions in. Sometimes it's good to let it out. Yet at the same time, you know, a camera catches you or you're spotted and the look isn't great. But, hey, if something goes wrong, we all get frustrated and we all show our emotions. But as you said, Hopkins said it's the next drive. All right. It didn't work now. Let's change it up and let's worry about the next drive. And I would say Kyler Murray is much the same way. Well, last year, remember, there were times when he'd come to the sidelines and, you know, he would want to be by himself. And then Kingsbury, at some point when the defense was on the field, he'd go over there and talk about it. As they were getting close to get on the field, he'd be next to him. Um, 
because let's be honest, Carlos got a hundred things going on on Sundays. I mean, protection, you know, knows he has to lead this team. He's the, he's the face of the franchise. So, but I don't think he shies away from it. I think he, I think he plays under the, under the spotlight very well. Like it's not going to get to him. He's been, he's been the guy since he's been six or seven years old. So, I like that about him. And, you know, sometimes you just got to cool off. And you don't want to say something that, you know, is going to offend someone. So you just, you know, do your thing. And then when you get ready to go back on the field, hey, let's let's go. All 11 of us, let's go. Yeah, he's always had every single eyeball on him and a lot on his shoulders since he first stepped foot on a football field. And that and comes I'm, with being the first overall pick. Oh, yeah. Certainly there's an expectation. And even more so when you're the quarterback with the first overall pick, the franchise you yeah. hold all the cards when it comes to that. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Coming up tomorrow, we will focus on how the Cardinals' defense kind of matches up against the Jets' offense. Certainly, much like the Jets' defense, there are a lot of issues on the other side of the ball for that New York team. We'll see what happens on Sunday. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.